Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Zivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Jean Chen Ho is the author of Fiona and Jane. She is a doctoral candidate in creative writing and literature at the University of Southern California, where she is a Dorn's Life Fellow in Fiction. Jean has an MFA from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and her writing has been published in the Georgia Review, GQ, Harper's Bazaar, Guernica, The Rumpus, Apogee, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, and others. She was born in Taiwan, grew up in Southern California, and lives in Los Angeles. Welcome, Jean. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Fiona and Jane. Hi, Zibby. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. And thanks for giving me the world news update. I will oh be gosh. checking in with you for my, for my <laughs> updates from now on. <laughs> oh my gosh, imagine. Oh, the world is so crazy. Okay. Anyway, Fiona and Jane, let's talk about this. Fiona, we go into this setting. We have a secret come out right away. There's something with her dad. It has ripples on the rest of the story. Things aren't what they seem necessarily. And as a young woman, she has to figure out sort of how to deal with everything. And then, of course, we have her friend and her story and how everything intersects. How did you come up with this 
why these characters, why you, give me the whole story. Just like, tell me the whole story. Yeah. I mean, I, before I started working on this book, or I knew that I was working on a book, I was just writing short stories, trying stuff out. And I had always been interested in writing stories about friendship between women and girls. And, you know, I think before I started working on this project, I was sort of playing around with just thinking about how Asian American women relate to one another. And because I am, you know, from Southern California, I also found that most of my stories were set in LA. And so eventually as I was trying to write these kinds of stories or maybe like the er stories of Fiona and Jane, I was moving toward the structure of having a book that was told in two voices. So Fiona and Jane is told in, you know, alternating voices. There are first person stories told from Jane's point of view. And then there are third person stories told from Fiona's point of view. And, you know, as I was working on the project, I also found that I wanted to play with different eras of their friendship. And Mm -hmm. so there's, you know, the first story that you mentioned, that's when Jane is a senior in high school. She's just turned 18. And, you know, the the book moves into the past and into the future. But by the last story, these women are almost turning 40. So it really encompasses about, you know, more than 20 years of their friendship. And I was really interested in just exploring what a long friendship could look like. Do you have a friend like this that you kind of based it on? I, it's not just one friend. I have a group of friends who I'm still really close to from high school. So Fiona and Jane had been friends since the second grade. So my group of friends, we don't go back that far, but you know, we, we probably met in junior high. So we grew up together and I definitely drew, if not from the particular circumstances of our friendship from those, I definitely did draw inspiration however, from just sort of the emotional ups and downs that we went through. Wow. There is nothing like old friends. That is for sure. (laughs) (laughs) When did you realize you loved writing short stories? Like how did that happen? And was that always the genre that you were naturally attracted to from the beginning? I think that I had always loved reading short stories. So, you know, one of my favorite story collections of all time is Dubliners by James Joyce. And, you know, that collection is sort of loosely linked just around the city of Dublin. So you find all these characters that are that are in the city. So, and then another one is Lost in the City by Edward P. Jones. So I think that I had always been too intimidated to say like, I'm writing a novel, mm-hmm. you know? I am working on a novel now. And so I'm no longer as afraid to say that. But I think when I was starting out, when I was in my MFA, I just wanted to try short pieces and just try to figure out how to make a thing that was, you know, 25 pages, 30 pages, as compelling as I possibly could. And, you know, as I was working on Fiona and Jane, the first story that I finished in the book was The Movers. And that story comes later in the book, chronologically, the women are in their 30s. But after I finished that story, I found that I wasn't done with these characters yet. I wanted to know more about them. I wanted to know, like at that point, I didn't know about their childhood. I hadn't discovered, you know, this like family secret that Jane discovers about her dad. So I was just really compelled to write into these characters and find out more about them. And that's where the project began. Interesting. What about the piano teacher? (laughs) 
Yeah. What about her? So the piano teacher starts this sort of introspective look into sexuality and relationships. And, you know, what do we think about this coming from the piano teacher herself? <laughs> well, do you have, like, would you have, now I'm like, what happens with piano lessons these days? You know, <laughs> I don't know. My kids play guitar now. I don't know. Anyway, what, tell me about that character and how that, that piece of the puzzle unraveled in that way. Yeah. So this is in the first story for your listeners who haven't read the book yet. So Jane starts having a little crush on her piano teacher. So Jane is 18. This piano teacher is a grad student. So she's in her 20s. So she's a little older, but you know, they have a little flirtation. And I think that there were like multiple things going into the creation of this character. First of all, if you're an Asian American kid, growing up at the time that I did in the 80s and 90s, one of the things that you probably did was you had to take piano lessons. I don't know why this is a thing, but immigrant Asian parents... I also had to take piano lessons. Okay. Do you have immigrant Asian parents? (laughs) I don't. I don't. But I felt like everybody at my school had to take piano. I feel like it was like required or something. In fact, I actually took it at the school. So maybe it was part of my curriculum. Although I feel like it was just me on like this random platform above the gym and the piano teacher while everybody else was in the gym. Now that I think about it, I think I'm going to have to call my mom and find out like, why was I up there on like 9M floor or whatever? Anyway. Was yes. it like a replacement for PE? Cause I mean, I would have actually loved that. I hated PE growing <laughs> up. I didn't like PE cause we had to like change into, we used to have to wear these like, I can't even discuss these like bloomers <laughs> under our uniform. This is when I was in lower school. Anyway, uh, it's like a whole thing. And then like change into shorts. Okay. So you also had to take piano lessons. Yes. So maybe mm-hmm. it was just, I don't, I don't know. Do, but you said that your kids, you're not making them go through this torture. Well, my older kids I did. And honestly, I don't think I could handle hearing the practice from any more kids if it was the same quality level as my older kids. Uh, They would not be ashamed to admit it. We went to like this big piano. I'm sorry, this is totally off topic of your book, but they they, like didn't practice enough and we had to go to this big recital with like a bunch of our family friends and like everybody's kids got up and were like, like playing these things. Like his two fingers was like, played the Batman theme song. Like, did, oh my God. Yeah, I, was, I, I was just sitting there like, oh my God, like let the floor open up. Obviously I didn't have my kids practice enough. So it's my That's fault. That's hilarious. Oh my God. I feel like I've had like recurring nightmares or I used to have recurring nightmares of like going to a piano. I had to take piano lessons. So that I would have nightmares of going to the piano recital and all of a sudden realizing that I had not practiced enough and I I had forgotten everything and just making a complete fool of myself on the recital stage. So anyway, all of which to say, um, (laughs) you know, I wanted to play with this idea of a kid who was taking piano lessons, which to me felt like a very quintessential Asian American immigrant kid experience, but maybe I was wrong. And maybe it's just like everybody had to go through that torturous experience. And then I wanted to sort of like subvert that idea of like this, like piano virtuoso, you know, and have Jane start to have this like romantic attraction to her piano teacher. And, you know, like I, I remember, I didn't think of it this way when I was a kid, but there's something 
like there is something romantic about learning how to play the piano because, you know, the teacher is sitting right next to you. You know, they're showing you how to place your fingers. I don't know. It's just maybe as an adult, I'm like mapping that onto (laughs) the experience. But yeah, so she, she has a little crush on this young woman. And at the same time, she in that story, you know, she goes to visit her dad and he actually comes out of the closet. And it's like this. I don't know if that I mean, it's, it's OK that that's like the reveal that happens in the story. But I wanted to sort of set up those two like Jane's relationship to her dad yeah. and then her relationship to her piano teacher as, you know, a point of tension. Yeah, I love that. It also raises this whole like, is it is sexuality learned, inherited in your DNA from, you know, it just raises all that good stuff, all that conversation, you know. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So did you grow up in LA and are you there? Do you live there now? I am. Yeah, I am here now. So I grew up, I didn't grow up in LA proper. I grew up in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. So my parents still live there and I, you know, go and have dinner with them like almost every week. You know, that was interrupted sadly in the last couple of years by the pandemic. But now, you know, we're vaccinated and we're back to having our weekly Sunday dinners. So so yeah. I was just there until uh, two days ago. So, oh, well, we could have done this out there in person. <laughs> Are you in New York or DC? I'm in New York now, but um, okay. I'm out there a lot. My husband's work is mostly there. So anyway. Mm. So tell me about your process when you're writing. Like, is it where I'm seeing you now? Is that where you like to write? Do you like to go outside or do you like, what's your, what times do you like to write? What's your whole thing? Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting at my desk. You can see that I have this giant plant behind me. I gosh, my process is that when I'm in a good groove, I'll wake up early in the morning. I'm a morning writer. And then I'll start in my notebook just to sort of like create a bridge between my dream brain and then my like alive brain. Cause so I don't like to go straight to the computer when I start working just because I feel like I want to write longhand to sort of get those 
juicy dream state ideas going. And then I'll drink coffee and then I'll go to my computer and I'll write for an hour. Like I only make myself write for an hour. And then, you know, most times I'll go over an hour, but once I do an hour, I feel like I've done my duty for the day. It's very low stakes. (laughs) (laughs) It's very low stakes. So, you know, I know that some writers, they have like a word count goal if they're working on a project. I can't do that just because for whatever reason, it doesn't work for me. So instead of having a word count, I go by time and like number of days. So I try to write, like I said, like write for one hour a day. And then because it's so low stakes, I often will go longer than that. And then the other really important thing is that I don't look at my emails or check my phone messages before 11 o'clock or noon if I'm being really good. So, wow, you know, because once I start looking at Instagram or checking my messages, it's, it's all over. Like I'll just be on my phone for two hours and I don't even know where the time went. So that's definitely a restriction I have to put on myself in the morning. Wow. Once I went till like nine and I thought that was a huge victory. (laughs) (laughs) And I also like missed something I needed before then. So I was like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is, this is only when I'm in a good writing groove, you know? So So it's not like a, a, you know, like I've been doing book publicity for Fiona and Jane for the last you know, month and a half. So I have not been writing. I have been, I have been waking up and checking for emails and messages from my team like every day. So first thing when I wake up. So I'm not, I'm not being that virtuous right now. Have you done any in-person things or all virtual? Mostly virtual. I've done a couple of in-person things. One was outdoors. And so that was really nice to, you know, just hang out with people and, you know, we had to be vaccinated. And then one was indoors at a bookstore at my local indie here in LA and everybody was masked. And I don't know, I was a little bit nervous about the indoor event Mm -hmm. to be honest, but I was also excited. And, you know, now I'm really glad that that happened because, you know, doing virtual events is really wonderful because it's much more accessible for people in other places, but there's nothing like an in-person event, you know, there's just that energy in the room. So that was really pleasant. That's awesome. Uh, Tell me more about your novel. Well, I am working, so I'm working on the second book. It's a novel. It'll be really different from Fiona and Jane. It's part of it will be set in the 19th century. So it is it is a very like much more researched book than Fiona and Jane is. And it's about part of the book is about the formation of Los Angeles Chinatown. And so I've been doing a lot of archival research on how the Chinatown here was founded. And so the Chinatown that stands today is not the original Chinatown because the original neighborhood that the Chinese immigrants lived in, in the mid 1900s was destroyed. And then the community moved about a couple of miles north and established this new area. And so even though there are lots of historical records to look at, there's not a lot of voices from Chinese Americans themselves, especially before the turn of the century. And so, you know, there's, as you can expect in the annals of history, 
you know, there are like almost no women and there's no people of color in the official records. It's all like wealthy land owning white men who are either like writing memoirs or I'm looking at their like business ledgers that have names of their contracted Chinese laborers. But it's really interesting to sort of piece together that stuff and also read for what's in the silences. So part of my project is inventing or listening to those voices that are that haven't been recorded and seeing what comes out of there. That must be fascinating. That sounds I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about this new project. So when you're not writing for an hour a day, what do you do with the rest of the day? (laughs) (laughs) Well, today I'm gonna get a haircut. Nice. It's so funny. My my husband, when we got together and I would, you know, we'd be doing our own thing all day or whatever. And I'd always be like, okay, well, what were you up to? What'd you do today or whatever? And he's like, I hate when people ask me that. Like, you know, on a day when he wasn't working or something, he's like, I don't know. What do I do? What I don't know. Like, <laughs> why does everybody always want to know? And I'm like, I'm just being polite. You know, it's, I, I'm not, what were you, hi- what are you hiding? What are you doing? You know? <laughs> Where are you going? Yeah, exactly. For the rest of the day. I'm like, what are you paying bills? Like, it's, it's okay. You can tell me. <laughs> I mean, I think mostly I'm reading, like I'm working on a book review right now. Oh, and you know, I am also a PhD student. So I'm finishing up my doctorate in literature and creative writing at USC. So I'm set to graduate. Oh yeah, yeah, I I forgot. I'm getting like one of the hardest degrees to get in the entire (laughs) world. Sorry. I mean, I've been out of coursework for a few years. So it's just been like very self-directed with, you know, my advisors, you know, giving me feedback and stuff. But because I'm not like going to campus anymore, it just sort of feels like, oh, this is another project that's like ongoing and it's been ongoing for years. But I'm set to graduate in a couple of months. So I'll be out of here. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. I also watch a lot of reality TV. So, I mean, I'm just like coming up. There's like a a whole range of things that I'm doing. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody on Instagram put a comment like on something and said they wanted to do a show called, instead of diners, drive-ins and dives, what did she call it? Like books, beverages, and something else with a B. I don't know. Babes. Babes, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I would totally love to be a part of that. Books, drinks, right? Chan- Channing yeah. Tatum, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, advice for aspiring authors. What's your advice? Gosh, I would say find a community of other writers. I think that, you know, when you're working on a project, when you're just trying to figure out what your book is about feels really lonely. And at least for me, it felt like there are times when I was just writing into a void and I didn't know where I was going, if anybody was ever going to read this, if I would ever sell it. And it's just, you know, you have to be really self-motivated and you have to have a lot of faith. My book took five years to write. So, you know, there were, I mean, I didn't work on, like I said, I only do an hour a day. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe that's why it took so long, but I'm just kidding. But I know it's just like, there are, there's definitely fallow periods, you know, where I'm just like, I'm, I don't know what Jane wants, or I don't know who Fiona is in this moment. And so having a community of writers, not just 
like teachers and mentors, even though, you know, having mentors is really wonderful too, but having writers who are also just working their way through it and Mm -hmm. working on their own manuscripts and you can trade work and be accountable to one another without necessarily, you know, being like on the hook to give feedback. Do you know what I mean? You know, and if you want to, you can, but I, throughout the working on this book, I had a, a writing group and it, the three of us would just meet up once a month. And that was a, a really nice way of feeling like, okay, I have to buy this meeting date, have something to show my writing group. Got it. Amazing. Okay, Jean, thank you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to be doing the rest of the day? I have two more podcasts, picking up my kids at school. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's enough. <laughs> And it's later here. <laughs> That's right. Okay. And we have to, I guess, you know, stay updated on what's yes, happening in Ukraine. News, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.